0: Thank <laughs> you. This is Brandy J. Voices of Courage. Walk the talk today. I have with me Colin Thompson, trainer and life coach. Thank you for joining me. And I'm so sorry.
1: <laughs> well, well, Brandon, thank you for having me. No need to apologize. It, it is great to to be here on your show, Voices of Courage. And um, I hope today I can show your audience how we walk, talk, right? We walk, the talk, we live the life. Yeah.
0: That's right time for talking then there's a time for walking right (laughs) (laughs) absolutely (laughs) so tell me tell me tell me um or tell our listeners what it is that um as far as being like a life coach what it is that you do and uh, how did you get started
1: yeah so that's a great question and i i got started well i got started by being in that lane of of trying to help people to get closer to achieving their goals, improving their lives many moons ago. But I would say probably when I was in high school is when I really started trying to help people to to go beyond their own limits. I formally got into it back in 2016. Uh, when I was working for IBM, I did some internal coaching for leaders, uh, managers, and teams. And my passion has always been to, motivate people, inspire people. So when I learned about coaching, that was more like the the last last combination to a lock. It opened so many things up because I'd always been very good uh, at motivating people. But Brandy, I'll tell you, if you motivate somebody on Monday, by Friday, that motivation might not still be there. So you either have to motivate them again or you have to just watch them return back to the old behavior. But coaching, which is a partnership with somebody, you stick with them for X amount of time until they reach their goal. or at least until they're on the path to reach their goal. So coaching was the last piece because I found that the people who are motivated, they come right back to me a few weeks months later and say Colin, do it again. Mm-hmm. do it again, and do it again. And what happened was it was creating a more of a dependent or codependent sort of relationship. So coaching really helped me, first of all, develop the tools to be able to help people improve their lives over a long-term period.
0: Like longevity.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. That makes a lot of sense. I never had it thought about it like that or had anybody even say it like that, motivating someone versus coaching them.
1: Yeah. You know, there's, there's sometimes if somebody is intelligent, then they're a motivated, intelligent person. If somebody's stupid, then they're motivated to be stupid. Right. So okay. with coaching, you can really help them really identify what is their goal. Clearly, clearly, what is the goal? And I always ask people when you have your goal, how does that go help you to improve the lives of you and your family and your friends. So somebody has a goal, I say, add this to the end of the goal. For example, Brandon, if you said your goal is to learn how to become a nurse, I always say, at the end of it, add this phrase, so that I can what? To make sure that you understand clearly how that goal is improving your life.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So this is something you had to uh, being, you know, doing this, had to learn yourself to what worked and what didn't work.
1: As far as
0: like so, for instance, you'd um when you have that person, you know, how you just said right now, like add this to like those those certain things that you notice that make a difference or, or you know, in the outcome, you know.
1: Right, right. Yeah, I think for a lot of coaches it's hard for us to coach if we haven't experienced certain things or if we haven't, it's like drinking your, your own Kool-Aid. So a lot of times we have to really, you know, there is a structure to coaching, but also you coach from experience. So knowing that when you meet with, meet with an individual, knowing that they're going to go through different phases of being able to achieve the goal, the reason the is coming to you, and because they probably had some difficulties or challenges in achieving their goal. So what that means is they need you to help them get past those. And one thing that the coach we must understand is or have experienced is going and, and running into a wall ourselves. So how do you get past that? And How do you encourage people knowing that they're going to have a few false starts, knowing that they're going to have some, some, some blockers and whatnot, obstacles? understanding that's part of the process so absolutely we've had to experience that ourselves to really embrace that in other people
0: okay Hmm. that's a very interesting um that you say that I guess about life coaches basically having to experience certain certain things so no one can just hop up just be like you know what I'm gonna be a life coach you know what I mean without really experiencing you know (laughs) (laughs) because you know there's people out there just Try to be Well,
1: one. well, well, a couple of things. I think let's be honest, man. everybody in life—if you're friggin' twenty-one years old, you've been through something, okay? Yeah. If you're fifteen, you've been through something. So everybody has been through something. So, so that's not just us life coaches, but understanding that is part of the process. I tell people when you're feeling, you know, when you're feeling great, good mood, embrace it. When you're feeling bad, tell them embrace it also, right? it'll change. It's temporary. So knowing that this too shall pass, it helps you understand that as long as you keep going forward and understand that there's going to be lows, there's going to be highs, and don't let that really slow you down, you'll be fine. So so, I think life coaches are just able to, I don't want to say handhold, but able to help guide clients to keep going keep going keep going you know it's not a, it's not a straight path right. but just keep going keep going keep going
0: yeah no matter what bumpy roads and all but you got to keep going i like that i like
1: that yeah
0: I, I, yeah okay so do you have um cuz i know like there's some um, men life coach they just you know they they usually deal with men, women do it women. Do you have uh, like a certain age and certain gender?
1: Well, well yeah. And let, me, let me add this a moment ago. You talked about people want to be life coaches. And in the industry, you get so many people who say they want to be a life coach. And the, they say, you know what? Hey, growing up, I just always give good advice. People always come to me for advice. I give good advice. Boom, 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 boom. I, make a good, I, I want to be a life coach. One of the things that people may not understand about life coaching is we don't give any advice. We don't give advice. If you ask me for an answer, I will say, what do you think? What would you do? Right. We don't give advice. It's very important because we help the client to determine their own way forward. We'll ask questions. We'll do different things to help them identify the, the way forward. So, you know, they're, they're saying that if you really want to give advice, don't be a life coach because the vast majority. If I think about my client, my client sessions, if they're one hour, I probably speak maybe five minutes in that hour, and the it's a client who's really communicating, 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 and finding their way. So, I want to I, I want to clarify that.
0: Okay. i like that i like that you said that too that you don't give it give advice people just assume you know what i mean that's what it is without really finding out you know and i think that's important too because that's a big deal when you take on giving somebody advice you know what i mean because mm-hmm. kind of enable them a little bit because then they if it doesn't work you know what i mean kind of
1: right right power right. them to think for themselves mm-hmm. and if it doesn't work they may blame you they may yeah. say, look, <laughs> I, I I took your advice. You know, I did what you said to do. And one thing I learned is we don't know what's, as a coach, or as an individual, I have no idea what's going on in that person's life really, really. Mm-hmm. They may share details with me, but they may not share all the details. Okay. So how can I give any any advice? And, and I, I've learned, you know, I've learned even with my wife and other friends, I, don't, I i don't wanna give you advice you know <laughs> i wanna i wanna hug you for you to hug i wanna hug you i wanna listen to you, but I don't wanna give you advice you know i i just i want you to identify what you should do
0: yeah and the answer within you <laughs>
1: yeah yeah
0: okay so so is your uh I don't want to assume, but is your, the, usually who you, your, your life coaching, are they usually men or do you have a mixture?
1: Yeah. 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 Okay. So thanks for getting, thanks for getting back to that question because um, I, you asked me a moment ago, but I didn't, I didn't answer it. Um, right now, I would say the vast majority of my clients fall into two categories, female and Asian. Um, I am here in China. So obviously they're going to be uh, more Chinese clients. Um, I, I've had, I would say to date, a, quite a few male clients. Uh, male clients, it's interesting because my the female clients are much more ready to be open and to share. The male clients, it takes a few sessions before they really open up. But once they open up, they're open. They're open. And, and I think that, just like black people, men need counsel, not counseling, Men need to open up. Men need to share, share, share. Uh, but I do think that more and more men are are open to coaching now because they do understand that it's not about uh, ego. It's not about how hard they are. It's really about them improving their lives. And when they're, you know, when you improve your life, odds are the lives of the family and friends improve also. So I see more men now coming into and um, getting the service of coaches on, on a female side, um, you know, um, Asian, Chinese, um, African, uh, European, luckily being here in Shanghai, it's a very, very, very international city. I also have clients in the U S um, as well. So the, 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 the a very wide range of clients, um, some clients want, um, Career coaching, uh, most clients want what I call personal development coaching. There's some thing they're working on. For example, they may want to improve the relationships with their parents. They may want to improve relationships with their coworkers. Um, they, they may want to, um, this is a very common one, they may want to uh, uh, um, improve their ability to not get mad, to not have to win in arguments. So it it, it range, it's a it's a very vast range of uh topics becoming for coaching.
0: Wow. Those are all interesting, especially the last one you said too, that that takes somebody that um sometimes that takes a be, being very humble to to admit that you would need to, to work on something like that. Because a lot of people just want to be right all the time. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, and it, it's funny. I think I th- I'm not sure what's t- what's taking place, but people are are confronting their issues faster now. Maybe because I'm older and my clients, a lot of my clients, are in the late twenties, thirties, uh, or forties. Maybe they've been themselves for a long time and are tired of it. But I know that shit. Oh, I'm sorry. I know my, my dad was hard headed as they come. He went to his grave hard headed. So. When I see somebody in the mid thirties who's trying to stop being hard headed. I'm like, wow, that is great. You're catching this early. Yeah,
0: you know they say usually like older people are like setting their ways, so they're, <laughs> I know.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that, that that's 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 an early death, man. I mean, I mean, I think that is one of the biggest excuses that people. This this is just how I am, and a lot of my clients will say, "This is just this this, this just who I am." And that is self defeating, because yeah. if you believe this is just who you are, then then you're done. It's who you are, right? right? And I always say, look, maybe it's who you are, but it's not who you're going to be, right? right? What can what can you do to now change, change, change the future, change what you expect of yourself, right? Yeah. So there's there's a lot of techniques to help clients do that. Yeah, so
0: that is like an excuse to not have to grow
1: <laughs> yeah and, I, and and everything is still about growth it's mm-hmm. still about growth now like I said my you know I do I'm a coach uh, amongst other things but my thing my thing is motivational inspiration trying to motivate us and I'll tell you where it came from um, my parents moved from Jamaica to Canada. I was born in Canada. I to say I'm a Canadian born Jamaican. I was born (laughs) in Canada. And we left Toronto and moved to the U.S., to Louisville, Kentucky. So my parents immigrated from Jamaica to Canada, immigrated again from Canada to the U.S. My parents have, and we had, the immigrant mindset. The immigrant mindset was, shoot, it's effed up where I'm coming from. You put me in the U.S., the land of milk and honey, and we're going to make it. We see everybody in the U.S. who who's wasting their time, not working hard. When we get there, we're going to make it. So when we got to the U.S., we had that I'm hungry, hungry, hungry mindset, even, even as kids. What we didn't have, though, we didn't have the PTSD, right? Mm. We didn't have the, 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 the post-traumatic slavery disorder yeah, because we didn't know that. And a lot of Blacks in the U.S. had that. Growing up in the U.S. being told, you can't do this, you can't go there, you can't do this, you can't go there. A lot of my, my, my peers felt that they had limitations of what they could do. Now, I understand why. And and I I'm not, I understand why. But we did have that. We had the, yes, we can, and we're going to do it. So when I first started encouraging people, it was brothers and sisters saying, man, you can do it. Don't think you can do it. I mean... Uh, you know, I grew up in Louisville, Louisville, Kentucky. I can tell you, by 1991, or no, 1995, I had several friends who were early 20s who had never been on an airplane. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine not being able to experience other cities and towns and and, and opening up opening up your what you think is your limit? So yeah. I first I first started out by really encouraging brothers and sisters to really explore, do more, and really have the attitude that, yes, I can, and I will. So right. that, that's right. where it, that's really where it comes from.
0: Claim it, <laughs> you know? Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Claim it. Claim it. Well, first of all, claim it and do it, right? Yeah. Claiming Claiming is, is, is the early part. It's funny because people say, you know what? I have all these goals. Or I spent, I spent, you know what, I spent time with myself writing down my goals and I feel so good. And I'm like, man, write down your goals. That S-H-I-T is easy. <laughs> Do them, right? Reach your goals, reach your goals, right? Writing down your goals is just the first step. And it's the easiest step. It's yeah. the easiest step. Go and get your goals, right? Achieve your goals.
0: Yeah, I like that. I like that too because you're not coddling those little things like that's good that you wrote it you know what I mean like uh, that's it <laughs> you're like that's right. get that and like no
1: yeah now I'll tell you from you know <laughs> when, when, when I have new coaching clients and let's say that um, somebody purchased a three month package right so we have three months to coach and with my coaching I don't put limits on how many sessions we can do in a three months so let's say for example I meet with a client every every week. So that's, that's what, 10, 12 times over a three-month period. It, it takes us, I would say, three sessions to really clearly, clearly, clearly identify the goal. So so identifying a goal is not hard. It's not easy. It's not hard. But it's very, very important. And that's why it takes us, what, three hours to do that? Because if you say, so, so Brandon, give me, give me an example of a goal a goal you have.
0: Hmm, I have a goal to have 100,000 shows by the end of this year. Okay.
1: You want 100,000 shows by the end of this year. Okay. mm -hmm. Do you want those shows to be good? Do you want them to be bad? Or do you just want 100,000? I want them
0: to be life changing.
1: Okay. So you want 100,000, right? 1,000 life changing goals by the end of this year. Now, how do you define life-changing goals? Because that's hard for me to quantify.
0: I want it to be an experience. So, like, I want all those shows to be something that someone can take something from that could that could help them no matter what it is. Be it funny, be it something that's uh, helping somebody. with just all depending on what that show is, then I just want somebody to be able to take something from it.
1: Okay. So you want 1,000 shows where your listeners are hearing something and having experience where they are able to improve their lives by the content of the show. Yeah. By the end of this year. Yes. Okay. Now, at the end of that, add this, so that you can...
0: So that I can... I like that. So that I can know that I did my job, know that I did what I sought out to do was to help okay. people. To help people.
1: Okay. There it is. There it is. Right. So I would say to you, so your goal, you so see your goal really is to help people. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and your podcast is a means to do that. Yeah. Right. And and the reason I I, I do that because I'll I'll treat you like a client now. So if your goal is to help people, are there any other ways you can help people besides your podcast?
0: Yeah are you asking me you want me to tell you yeah tell me <laughs> um, yeah uh well i'm an advocate for like bullying so and i used to teach prior to COVID. um so there's other ways that i can uh, i can give my time you know uh as far as if someone needs somebody to help if maybe someone's sick or they can't mm-hmm. do what they need to do to get to certain places Um. Because sometimes, you know, I know that helping doesn't always come at the way we want to help. When you want to help people, it's kind of like you got to help them as whatever they, they're in need right, of. Right, right. I can take, you know, take your dog out for a walk. Like, if I can just come to you and ask you, what can I, what do you need? What I, what can I do for you? So I know that there, there's ways that I can help volunteer somewhere or just, you know, just keep myself completely just open and available to anyone that is in need of some, you know, some right. kind of Right,
1: and now, now you have, what, so many options you talked about, so many different options. And as you said, people need help different ways. Perhaps the podcast, those other podcasts help people. Walking dogs helps people. So now you have more options. Now, I'll tell you, uh, first of all, I put you on a spot. Thank you for walking down a path with me. And I'll I'll share with you an example I use when I talk about you know why it takes so long sometimes to help a client identify the goal. So I had a client who came to me and said, you know, uh, Coach Colin, uh, my goal is to lose weight. I want to lose, I want to lose 20 pounds. Great, fine. Okay. I said, why? Well, he goes, well, you know, um, I want to look better in my clothes. Okay, great. I said, why do you want to look better in your clothes? Well, I want to have more confidence in myself and how I look. Okay, why do you want to do that? Well, I want my I want my wife to find me attractive again. Oh, okay. So the goal is to really is to have his wife find him more attractive. And what if you start there, right? If your goal is to be more attractive in the eyes of your wife, what other things can we do, right? Because sometimes a client will come and say, "Well, to for my wife to find me more attractive, I must lose weight." Well, not necessarily. Um, maybe if you hold her hand more. Maybe if you cook more, if you clean up more, right? There may be other things that you can do to achieve that goal. So when we start with the real goal, it helps us identify what is the, a real strategy or uh, uh, what are the what are the way to get there. It might not just be losing weight. So I always try to spend enough time on the goal. But again, the goal part, identifying the goal, that's the easy part. The hard part, the challenging part, the fun part. In achieving the goal, but we've got to be clear on the goal.
0: I like that. Okay. Hmm. How is you charge <laughs> 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 that you know. Yeah, yeah and I
1: appreciate. Yeah, I appreciate the fact that you want to help people. That is that, that is really a. It's really a wonderful thing to see and to
0: hear. Thank you. Thank you. I get told a lot that um that uh, that how do I say this? Throws <laughs> me off sometimes too, that I want to help too much or like I I do too much or I need to focus on me. I, I don't know. I, I I heard a lot of things and I told somebody one day, I said, Look, I've been like this all my life. I said, You telling me that is like telling me just to go bury myself and die. I was like, <laughs> 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 you know, that's yeah. just and yeah, you
1: know, I, and I've, I've had clients who, who will throw out comments and say, you know, Colin, I, I, give, I give so much to help other people and they don't take care of themselves. And I'll tell, I'll tell a client, I said, look, in order for you to help other people, you have a responsibility to first take care of yourself. Because yeah. if you don't take care of yourself, you can't help other people. And the more, people, the more people you help, the more people you're going to help because it's like a drug. It's, it's like yeah. a drug. And if you don't take care of yourself, and you, you've heard this before, um, this, this is nothing new. I'm quite sure you've heard that, you know, the, the, the analogy or whatnot of when, you know, when you go onto an airplane, what do they say when they have the announcement, right? If the plane is going down, right? put your mask on first and then put your child's mask on you must take care of yourself first yeah. and people who are who do a lot of service it's interesting how they will they will spend more time helping others than helping themselves yeah. and to me that is foolish it's just as foolish as people who spend 50 hours at work working for a company Helping them to achieve the achieve their goals, but spend two hours on self a week. It's ridiculous. Yeah. You you should be working much harder on yourself than you are for any job. For any yeah. job. What much harder and it's not about time. It's about it's about the actual the actual task you're doing, right? So so but you gotta you should be spending more time working on yourself than you are working on your job.
0: Yeah. True that, true that. I do understand stand that part and you know i believe in self-care and self-love and all that too but i think a lot of times when people tell me that the ones that do they don't know me very well too because i think if they they did they would already know that comes with the package yep you know
1: Yep. yeah <laughs> yep. and, and you know for when we all have people in our lives who love us and want to give us advice and that advice is good advice but it may not jive with who we are right so if if you're the if if you're the kind of person who gives gives gives, lean into it, right? Give more, Brandy, right? Give more, give more, give more, because you know what they say: for every action, there's an equal reaction. The more you give, the more you're going to receive, right? So if that's who you are, just make sure you're okay, right? Yeah. But lean lean into it and do more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and those folks, me, those folks who give those folks who give you that advice, give them a hug. Say thank you. I appreciate it. Right, and let the comments just go out. Right, yeah. Don't 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 tell them you don't know me. Forget you. No 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 no. Say I love you. Thank you. Boom boom boom. And let, let the comments go out.
0: Yeah. Well, keep that in mind. Thank you so much. <laughs> 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 yeah. Totally. Um. So I know that you. I I read that you said um that you were uh, during the uh the outbreak you were you have been um in singapore well you've been in singapore how how long have you been over in singapore
1: so so i was in singapore maybe i want to say 4 years ago i'm in shanghai now
0: okay. I'm in
1: shanghai <laughs> <laughs> You're
0: just all over the place i got to keep up with
1: you <laughs> so yeah um yeah i've been i've been in, i've been in china for okay. for about 13 Thirteen years now. I've been in Shanghai for eight, eight or nine of those thirteen years.
0: Okay, okay. So how was that like? Um. So you haven't like been back like in the U.S. at at all, or have you traveled um, back and forth or
1: just been? Yeah. So I, I have not been to the U.S. So now I'm I'm, I'm not sure when you're gonna hear this, but um, I have not been to the U.S. since August of twenty. 20- Nineteen, okay, um, and at that point, my my son was probably around four weeks old, and I had to go back to the U.S. some for some for some business. So I clearly, didn't take him. My wife hasn't been back to the. U.S. My wife is from, from Hong Kong. She has not been to the U.S. to see my my family um, since. Maybe, maybe, gosh, maybe three years, two years, three years. It's been a. It's been a minute. It's been a m I want to say December twenty eighteen was probably the last time that she got there. My son has never met my my family. My son's almost two years old. So um when the outbreak occurred here in China back in February of twenty twenty, um we we were out of Shanghai, but we came back to Shanghai to make sure that if there were any home restrictions or whatnot, we'd be in our home. So it's been a while since I've been back to the US and and, you know, early last year, well, not early, yeah, around this time, I think last year, or this time, or, or April, or May, excuse me, excuse me that's when SHIT really, really hit the fan because people were reeling from COVID. Then you had, you know, the Floyd incident. You had mm-hmm. the incident with the brother that was um, um, jogging um, and got killed, got murdered, excuse me. So a lot of, tension and right now i don't i would not feel comfortable going back to the u.s one because my my wife is is pregnant again thank goodness Um, thank you hard work uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh, fun work but hard work um and my son is less than two years old and going there right now with with the COVID outbreak in china has done a good job to manage that and two um I'm just,
0: I just heard that from you right now, straight from your mouth, so go ahead.
1: <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Two, I'm, I'm, I'm just, um, I, I don't want to change the vibe of your show, but I'm just not comfortable being Black and being in the U.S. Because as much as I love the country, I don't like a lot of things taking place. I think the U.S. is the best country in the world. But I don't like a lot of things taking place. And whenever I used to return to the U.S., when the plane starts to land, mm-hmm. coming from China, I feel the tension coming right back to me, mm. right? Coming right back to me. And I I feel very free here. So um, I'm not com- comfortable. But I do insist and want my son to spend more time with my family in the U.S. So um, hopefully we'll get back to this year and spend a few months in the U.S. But um, right now, there's there's nothing that's happening in the U.S. that makes you want to go there.
0: Yeah, I can totally I, I can totally understand and feel you there. Um, right, of course when you can,
1: said, because you're your you're, you're black sister. Of course you can. More than
0: you know, I'm just like, oh, my goodness, I feel like trying to figure out is this a dream or not. But yeah. you know when you said when it, it started to hit the fan, you know, like February for you guys, kind of like February March for us, and then this right now when you said those 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 few events, I was looking around like, does anybody notice anything strange? I was like, you notice that we're a year it has gone by and the same time frame, the trial, mm-hmm. then another brother gets it, and then some other some things are just happening at the same time. A year to the date, I said. Something,
1: yeah. that, something strange in the water here something else c- coming. you know um the, what scares me is my family and friends who are there and over the last year I know so many of my friends my fraternity brothers my college college mates my uh, uh, co-workers who are not who are not geared to own firearms. Almost everybody has bought a firearm for protection. And without the proper training, without the proper understanding, I fear that when things do pop off again, you're going to see a lot more damage, Um, whether it be self-defense, whether it be this or that. I know a lot of people, including my family members, about guns and we, we, we were not a gun toting family what I've never held a gun okay never held a gun uh, and I don't want to but I know a lot of people are now arming themselves because yeah. they do feel like something's going to happen and I'll tell you the people that think they are in control of the u s and ways they are they are going to die before they let the U.S. become a truly diverse and equal country. So perhaps there will be something that, that takes place. The question is, where are the, the the middle roaders, right? The middle roaders are the folks who whom are not of color, um, who aren't overly Democratic, aren't overly Repub- Republican, who just are there. When shit hits the fan, excuse me, What side are they going to be on? Yeah, right. And that's going to be what tells. That's going to be because black folk can't win this alone. There's no No. way.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They have to accept it. I'm like, we need people. We can't be shutting people out. You know what I mean? This defeats everything that's been through, that's been going on. We need. This is about unity. So it makes no sense to put ourselves in that box.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's inter- interesting because I think that if we look at the opportunity that's there now, look mm-hmm. look at the, the the LGBT you know apologies because I I just don't know all, all the letters there, but that demographic very powerful, and yeah. even though they have some infighting, they still come together, right? Yeah, and they come together because they've been discriminated against. So if all of the people, because a part of what I do also is uh, diversity and inclusion training, if people who have been discriminated against come together, how powerful would we, would we be? And now, look at this. So you have, you, have, you have Black people, you have Hispanic people, you have um, uh, people who, who have been discriminated against because of their sexual orientation or their yeah. non-sexual orientation, whatever they, 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 they assimilate with. Now, Asian Americans. Imagine yeah. if all the folks came together, and I'm glad that black people are embracing Asian Americans, no, oh, yeah. Asians, Asians, Asians during this time, and it seems that yeah. like Asians are accepting of the black support. Because let's be honest, when the black folk were getting terrorized, demonized, the Asians weren't, weren't there, right? Yeah. They weren't there, they weren't there. But and black folks aren't holding that against them. We're saying, look. We understand Happy, how you feel. Yeah. We understand how you feel. Come on in. We got you too.
0: Yep. Yeah. That's so true. You know, uh, just some months ago I was sitting there and I think I was talking, you know, cause I do a lot of online stuff and my, a lot of my friends are all over the, the country and the, the world. And, um, I think it was a, a Chinese man in China and I was reading his text, and he just seemed really hostile that <laughs> nobody else was like engaging with him. And I was just like, as me me, so I will like, entertain this. So, so I say what I say, I'm, and he just keeps going in about black people, and, and and in a way where it's like he's crucifying just like uh everybody for one, or just you know what I mean. It's kind of like you can't judge people by uh, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. you know. And I, I let him go, and I just was like, sir, I was like, we should come together. I said, like, I'm so ho- sorry about those things that have been happening to your your country and your people. I said, I didn't know it, but now I know. You know, just being consoling. And he just kept be like, I was just like, okay, fine. By the end of that conversation, I was just sitting there. I was like, when did we start having problems with Asian people? I wasn't aware. I said, I always thought we were friends. I, looking around. I was like, what's happening here? I always thought that we were good. That, that was my thinking. You know what I mean? Because I really, I, I grew up here and I've never was raised at all whatsoever to have any kind of discriminative or racist views, you know what I mean? People mm-hmm. are people and you treat them accordingly to whom, how they are and their character and everything, but I truly did not know that there was some kind of like, because I love everybody, but you know, like with Asian people, I was like, I love Asian people, you know what I mean? I think they're just great, you know what I mean? Because I, I do, I do, I really do. I like their accent, and I just think they're just, when they're mad, they're just funny as hell, stuff like that, you know yeah <laughs> I <laughs> Yeah, but I see,
1: yeah, so see it surprised it's, it's me a little bit. Yeah, it's interesting because, as you said, um, you didn't know that there was any sort of issues between blacks yeah. and Asians. And yeah, I think exactly. as a whole, as a whole, there are not. And it's just like if I said, how to? How do Asians feel about Hispanics? Right? Who knows? Because you don't see that on TV. You're not going to watch the TV where you see that conflict. But you will go on TV and see black and white conflict. You mm-hmm. go on TV and see different conflicts. So, so with Asians, I think as, as a whole Asians never really, to me, Asians in America are very much the middle of the roaders, right? You, you they're they're more and part of the cultures. They're more quiet, right? You're not going to see them, you know, causing too much ruckus. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to see them, but also it's because they want white America never had to deal with Asian guilt, like they must deal with black guilt, slavery and other, other BS. So with that, sometimes when you feel guilty, you'll fight that by being evil. So they, they've never had to do that on a whole with Asians. So Asians were never feared. So they weren't a problem. It wasn't until, you know, the whole Kung Fu virus and this and that where they started getting singled out. And mm-hmm. I was very surprised that people were treating Asians bad because typically, yeah. typically, you know. And I was surprised that Black people were part of it also. I was very, very surprised by that. Very because I, I, I always felt that. Look, when I see the issue with the border and, and, and Spanish people come from from Mexico, Black folks support them, right? Because we we ha- all have you know what we all have friends in high school who who we Spanish, right? So we, we support them. But I think with the, with the Asians, it's different because there was never really that, you know, high school, we, so, so Hispanics and Blacks were put in the same pool, so to speak, right? Yeah. Um, but Asians were never put in that same pool. So Asians were a, 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 a viewed a little underneath white, but definitely above some other minorities. Yeah. So they never sure. they never really had to, you know, um, you know, bear the burden that we we, we faced, and it's yeah. a shame now that they're being singled out. Um, yeah. I think it's terrible what's happening. It's terrible. It's um, and, Yeah. And I'm, but I'm glad that Black folk are embracing them and su- supporting that movement. And I hope that next time, folks see anybody being abused or discriminated against. They'll 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 do something to prevent that.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I had a young man, a uh, Asian uh, guy. He uh, made me really upset. He was like on TikTok. He was like really upset because he was talking to the to the black community, asking them like you know trying to bring unity, and he was using words I guess like sister, family, brother, and there are people giving him shit for it. And he, and he came back on and he apologized, but you he could hear it in his voice like he wanted to cry. He said, I didn't mean to offend you. And he said, that's just what I say to people. And I just, is there a certain way I should, you know? And then I did a video and I, I just told him, I said, you know, then I cried in the video afterwards. <laughs> you know, I told him, I said, I, it's not a problem at all whatsoever. And I said, I was here with them. And I said, we're together. And I just didn't want him to feel that way. I said, cause all, all this stuff, you're gonna find that little thing, you know what I mean? Cause yeah, he said, brother, family, sister, and they, you gotta know, give give them shit for that. And so he yeah. put himself out there by even coming on here trying to bring unity together, you know? Yeah. Against them. probably other people's would, would advise him not to, you know, you always want to find those people that say, yeah. don't do that. Who cares. If
1: it's your yep. people. <laughs> you, you know, you know, one thing I've learned that you have to do, um as I mentioned, I, I do a lot of well, a lot about I also do um, um diversity and culture coaching, right? That's awesome. And When people say the wrong things, you have to look at what's the intent. Are they saying it because they just don't know better? Or are they saying it because they're trying to be a a, a troll? Now, in China, I can say that there's much more ignorance here. So people don't know what to say. They really don't because I can tell you so many people I've met here, I'm the first black person they have ever talked to. So they really don't know the proper words to use. And those folks, you have to have a lot of understanding and look at what is is what what is really the intent. Yet, you know, when they say the wrong thing, you know, for example, back in 2009, in South China, I was in Shenzhen, I was a Starbucks. And the girl working there said, where are you from? Right, which, which, which is a question people in China always ask foreigners. Where are you from? I said, the U.S.? She goes, no, you're black. You can't be from the U.S. <laughs> right? And but I was pissed. But I've learned over time, first of all, don't get pissed, right? But okay. if, you think of, if you think about China, China is very different from the U.S. Because in China, to be Chinese, you are Chinese. You're Asian, Chinese looking, right? To be a citizen of China, you're Chinese. You will never, ever, ever see a policeman, taxi driver, bus driver, um, any, any worker who's not Chinese, everybody's Chinese. In the U.S., well, in, in Africa, the vast majority of people are black. In Europe, the vast majority of people are Europe, European. So for a lot of Chinese, they feel that America is white. So mm-hmm. if you're black, if you're black, you come from Africa because that's where all the black people are from. Now, we know that to be American, you can be any hue, right? Doesn't doesn't matter. But in China, it's not like that. Everybody is Chinese. So when you hear somebody saying they're black in the U.S., they're like, okay, well, no, you're not, you're not really, right? For example, when you see somebody in the U.S. who's Chinese, you say, well, well where are you really from? Right, because odds are the mother or grandparents are from China or from yeah. Asia, from Asia. So, so for for a lot of Chinese, they don't know the proper things to say. But I will say that the heart, the heart is definitely in the right place. Definitely in yeah. the
0: right place. And that's what I, I always thought. You know, what I mean, growing up, and still up until the virus hit. You know, what I mean, I, I still, I still never float with that narrative when you know, like I guess people thought that, you know, when you when you take that word that off and put that together and try to label, you know what I mean, a, a certain, we, we should know better than that, you know what I mean, because it's been done to us, like you said, mm-hmm. disc- you to bring, you take all that that everybody that's been discriminated against and come together because we have something in common, we know how it feels and why would you ever want to make someone else feel that way too?
1: Yeah, and yeah, yeah. But there's, there's there's also some there's also some hypocrisy there as well, if I had to be honest with you. And let me let me first say that that I am in full support of all 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 minorities, all people. If you go back to after nine-eleven, um the, the the bombing of the the, the twin towers, or the airplane in the twin towers, um there was such a backlash and prejudice discrimination against anybody who looked like they're from the Middle East. So Indian, true. whatever, whatever. And nobody put their arms up and said, hey, stop doing this.
0: right? They didn't.
1: Everybody did that. And mm-hmm. I find it interesting now that with the Asians, it's different.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right?
1: I find it very, very different. But I do understand that the times that, that we're in. But let's not act like, you know, let's not act like this is the first time a non-black of people have been yeah. discriminated against in the U.S. The only difference is the Asian Americans have much more collective power now than mm-hmm. the folks from the Middle East, folks from the East, one, they didn't want to make noise, right? They wanted to be quiet. They just alone. And two, nobody was wanting to back them, right? But there's more, there's more, especially on social media, if I there's more um, to be there's more to be gained by publicly backing. That's why you're seeing so many of these black people of power su- supporting this out loud, right? Whereas mm. before you didn't see that, but now everybody has to have a a a a, a, a um, TikTok or Telegram, no or, or, or um, whatever, whatever um, a tweet in support. Because they want to be known as a supporter as opposed to actually supporting, right? Yeah,
0: like a trend or something.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Just made me think of that. That is so true that uh, that that was, you know, probably I'll talk to you about another time, but about um something that probably I'd rather run across you not on. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> right, it lives, it lives forever. forever. Yeah. It lives forever once you put it online. Yeah, <laughs> right. You know,
0: yeah, it's just something that I've been trying to understand. But, yeah, I kind of forgot about that, too. You know, I have a friend, my best friend from Jordan, and he, you know, he says his mom gets that sometimes, too. And I'm just, you know, but I never really sat back and thought about, like, yeah, we just, what about that? And we're not going to apologize or, like, or anything. We're just going to be like, yeah, that happened. But, and people probably truly just forgot. That's just how, how we are. Like, yes. don't really... Care too much. There's a lot of lack of empathy. I tell you.
1: Yeah. Uh, thank you. A, a lot of lack of empathy. Yes. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a great thing you just said. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's what the, I, this E is for the empathy, because I, <laughs> you
1: know. Yeah. yeah. I think things are changing, though. I, I have seen, and I think why, why I've seen things sort of turn the corner was due to the protests over the last year, because you saw people that were not black in those global protests. And I think that's what's making people embrace Asian-Americans or Asians and whatnot, because people just say, you know what, what's wrong is wrong. What's yep. wrong is wrong. And everybody's suffering, be, be it from discrimination or be it from COVID or be it from not being able to move around like you can be able to move around. Everybody's suffering. A lot of times people are looking for things to have empathy for. So I think people are much, much more um, willing to mm-hmm. be more understanding and have empathy now.
0: Yeah, come in contact, like feeling that actual human, you know what I mean, And, and that we were meant to actually think we were meant to be, you know, yeah. start to see, feel something you need, you have that need to to want to to help, you know. Sometimes it takes some messed up stuff to bring that out. Yeah, of
1: yeah. and I, I just I just hope that that power is bigger than the MFing trolls, right? I think yeah. if you think about people's mindset now one of the one of the best tools or the tools that's now being used to lead people especially young people to depression is this the cell phone right the the cell phone and social Mm -hmm. media and social media has become one of the biggest contributors to people being depressed to people feeling alone and isolated, to people feeling that they need to do things or say things to be accepted by yeah. groups online. So mm-hmm. I think that, I hope that the the people who have empathy are louder and more aggressive than the people who want to pull you down via social media, bull, cyberbullying, because cyberbullying right. is real, all, all that stuff.
0: People it, take their real. lives. Kids yeah. and all, like over cyberbullying. I tell people that it's so serious. Don't sleep on it. Don't minimize it. It doesn't matter what your opinion is. The fact is, is that it's happening. And there's people out yeah. there that literally will go and take their life due to something. They think differently. Like they're, you know what I mean? They don't process the same way. I wouldn't want to be a kid all over again. You know what I mean? That's yeah. a lot of pressure. You know, I don't yeah. minimize it. You know, we kind of tend to say, you don't have any problems. You're no, they,
1: they have their own set. They, they, <laughs> they, 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 they absolutely do. And one of the things that I think that not kids, even adults, and it might be worse for adults, we don't imagine anymore. We have no imagination because, oh, you, you know, I, I remember sitting, you know, on a subway here
0: mm-hmm.
1: and looking around. And if there are 20 people in a, in a subway car, 19 are on the cell phone. And, I'm, <laughs> and I remember, I remember those times, and I do this right. You know, my wife, my wife is one of those. My wife is, is the one to walk down the street, look at her cell phone, talking to me, and I'm like, "No, honey, put your cell phone away." Because I remember when I used to just, not even now, even now, I'll just sit down outside and think of things. Yeah. People now, they can't do that. They go instantly if they have any lull in their day, they must pick up, check the phone, put the phone down, check it again, put it down, check it they, the don't just, right, they don't just like they don't just imagine, oh my gosh, folks walk to the bathroom of the phone. What can we ask you? Anyway, they, they don't they don't just imagine anymore. They, they, they don't give themselves an opportunity to be bored. Okay. Nobody is bored anymore because everything is on demand. You have videos, TV, TikTok, da 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 you're always on the go, but you're never just sitting down and thinking and having
0: a, a broad imagination. Oh, uh, I can't believe you just said, I was just saying that as a day, and even with teaching in the schools, I had been teaching for like nine, one on nine years, I saw that 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 was not being, you know, me growing up, I, I just know like kids, you know, that's the most important time, you know what I mean, like to to like bring that out and like imagination, it's like what creates things, you know? Things turn into without that, like you limit yourself. You limit yourself, and like you said, you kind of like you turn into a robot. And then you yeah. always just are on the phone instead. Like with me, like people wonder. Like for me, I think that's what got me through my childhood because my sister she moved out young, and I always had a great time. I was the only kid in house left. I had all these, you know, lived in big house, all these toys and stuff. But I didn't like seek. Like I gotta be this friend. I gotta my friend's house. My friend, I. Could, to this day, I can be by myself and be okay with it, and entertain myself. I used to tell mm-hmm. people like, "If I can only find, if you can only you know buy tickets to you know come and be in my head, I, I'm pretty sure you'd have a good time." But <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I think I'm a hoot, you know. But, um, yeah. but yeah, I think it's my imagination. I could turn anything into a good time if I'm in a boring setting. And I never really thought about it then, but I would always be able to turn it into something else for my to, to make it interesting to get through it. But I was using my imagination, you know what I mean, just to make right. things fun for me or just be able to get through it. And yeah. I that too, but like people, you bring up imagination, they're like, I don't, I don't get it, I don't know what that is, I don't have an imagination. I'm really dry, just like it's sad. I'm like, you don't.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you what? What you also find you know, there's a correlation because when people get into a a tough situation, or they have an obstacle in front of them when you don't have imagination, you don't know how to think of solutions, think right. of ideas. And you know, there's some people whom have all the you know what, have brilliant minds or have great goals, but when it comes time to think out the box, they don't know how to construct alternatives. Yeah. And because they've never built that muscle. So a lot of times I'm I'm coaching my clients, and these are the ones who I would say are in their in their early 20s, 20s, they don't know how to problem solve. They're they're always willing to just give up and move on to the next thing as opposed to identifying different solutions to go forward. And it comes from the fact that they never the, the imagination is just gone. They don't know how to imagine outside the box and what could happen. It's more of, well, let me think about it for five minutes. If I can't think of a solution, I'm gonna move on. Like, nah, nah, man, you gotta, you gotta go for you gotta go for a walk. Go for a long walk with no phone for like an hour, an hour, and just think about it and tell yourself you're gonna come up with, 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 with 10 solutions or 10 alternatives. And and don't come back home until you do that. But they don't have that ability to just sit and focus for that amount yeah. of time.
0: Yeah, I picked up on that uh, these last few years in schools, and I, you know, me, I was thinking, I was like, "Hmm, that's very interesting, because that would be something that would hinder someone in the long run, like, especially these children, because they wouldn't know how to, you know what I mean, like, come up, it'd be easy to manipulate and to control and to tell somebody that to this narrative, A, B, C, and D, without them questioning anything or even attempting to, so. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting that we, we were pulling back away from that. And I saw, I saw it in the children. You know what I mean? Yeah. I saw it. And I was just like, mm.
1: well, you know, um, um, and I don't want to go off topic too much, but it's also scary what the kids and adults are learning via social media. And let's be real. Kids are on social media, but adults, I'm 47 years old and my peers all over social media and they're going there for news they're going there for trends and yeah. don't forget you have companies who who are who are programming all this data and so they're programming how we think how yeah. we react how we respond on um, what we're going to see you know yeah. they have they have their they they have their um um what's the what's the they have yeah. their um uh, gosh, the, the formulas, right, mm-hmm. for pushing you the in certain directions. Right. Algo- thank you. The al- mm-hmm. They have the algorithms in place to know exactly where to send you for what kind yeah. of brainwashing. What kind of brain? Kind of make you
0: think, like, like, are you reading my mind? Like, I, I peep it out. Yeah, it's true.
1: Yeah, it's, it's true. It's true. That it, it's very controlled. Which Social one?
0: dilemma. Social dilemma. Maybe not. Yeah, yeah. It, it talks about this very stuff we're talking about now. It's crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I made it and I was so aware of it that I, I I caught myself one time and I knew I said it's time for me to get off. I could see
1: myself. <laughs> I saw
0: the effects that was having on me, my mood. I, I saw yes. someone take making me depressed, kinda I could feel him draining the energy out of me by the way he was talking, the things he was saying, and I was just like, Why do I feel depleted right now? I said, This is crazy. I said, Let me get off of here. I knew exactly what it was. Yeah. I was like, no well, way I just feel like this for
1: quick free. The, the 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 issue is is we don't have anything that picks us up right Right. a lot of times you you get off social media it's like eating a big pizza it feels good for the moment but then you may regret it but there's there's nothing don't don't forget everything must be in balance so what are we doing to build ourselves back up after that trolling session on social media (laughs) we're not doing anything we're going on right but we have to find ways to, to to build it back up. You gotta, you know, they say, every time you hear somebody gives you a negative comment, it takes 16 positive comments to make you feel back back normal, right? So where are we doing that? How are we doing that? And it goes back to what you were saying before, through your thousand podcasts, right? You want to give messages that build people up, that help that help them. So, you know, so, so kudos to you, right? Kudos to you. But most folks don't have any means to really build themselves up because they're not helping people, you know? They're not helping anybody. Yeah.
0: yeah that's very, very interesting um analysis there. And I, even what you just said right now about not having anything to bring you back up. And then I, I, I keyed in. Uh, I have a partner that always, he's about our our message and our shows being positive and giving people positivity, which I think is amazing because – Everything we're going through, it's like, oh, you know what I mean? You want to give somebody a place to go where they can be like, maybe even a person like this isn't even going on. It's like we deserve to relax and remember what it was all for. What, what is moving on all for? And if right. you just keep giving us nothing but just terror and pain, you know, then you get people that have mental health or didn't, and now they do, all want off, them, off themselves.
1: Well, 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 I think I think the powers that be, i use that, the powers that be understand the formula. Mm -hmm. So what they do is they drive people just to the point of enough insanity or depression to where they need what? They need medication. And then they have to spend, and then they become dependent upon A, B, and C. And that's by design also, because that then keeps people in line, in control. Right. So I think the whole thing about depression is on the rise, anxiety is on the rise. Um, you're seeing more and more people uh, are, are, are hooked on prescription drugs. Um, yeah. and, and that's by, 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 it's on purpose. Okay. Yeah. It's on yeah. purpose.
0: Yeah. I used to I suffer the, from the depression, anxiety, and that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I uh, totally don't take medication for it anymore. Mm. Two years ago, I stopped. Congratulations. Rest, you know what I mean. Like I never got hooked on my my medication. I I used it for what it was for, but also I didn't want to use it because I know that they're not always healthy for you. I'd I'd rather Mm -hmm. find ways.
1: Yeah,
0: but I haven't really had a depression or anxiety uh spell like for a good maybe month and a half now, all through a conversation with someone about perspective, and made me to and got me to really thinking. If you're looking to be on internet radio. And happy music be played, podcaster, radio host, comedian, singer, just talent. You just want to know how this works, productions. Well, then come on over to Real Wise Productions. Silly, because that's where it's at. And I can lead you right over to us at our website, Real Wise Productions. Well, of course, www.realwiseproductions.com. So, what are you waiting for? And then I knew more of the grand design after that talk. I was like, Yeah, I was told I was depressed. I went for anxiety. They said it goes together. So now I'm just depressed. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah. You were <laughs> I told. Like, right. To right. I <laughs> realized
0: told. that I was told I was depressed. And I just took that on and I, I, I took so, it on in my character. Yeah. So I kind of let that go. And I haven't, every time it tries to creep back, it's like, I can't even lie to myself. I'm like, Yeah, that's fake. That's not real. I get sad. Yeah. I just have to accept it, realize why I'm in that mood, and then deal with.
1: it. <laughs> and, and Brandon, congratulations! Because I know I know depression is is heavy. Yeah. So c- congratulations of, of feeling good. And I, I like what you said. Um, you were told that, but then when it came back, you realized that that wasn't who you are. And you know, I, I, I have an um, analogy. So I do a lot of running, a lot of running. And a couple of years ago, my running suffered. Kyle just wasn't really pushing hard. And if I got out of breath, I'd walk for a while. If I was uncomfortable, I'd walk for a while. Whereas before, I keep I keep running through it. So the last few years, I've been I've been doing better. And when I run and I say, wow, you know what, I'm getting tired. I'm like, well, no, you're not tired. Okay. You're telling yourself you're tired, right? And I say, you know what? I can't fake being tired. So I keep going. I keep going. So so when you when you share your, your depression thing there, I, I I hear what you're saying. It's um when you know the feeling isn't authentic or it doesn't feel the same. You can't own it. You can't own that. So congratulations to you.
0: Thank you, thank you. And um, yeah, like well, congratulations to you because you kind of like got me over here, like like if social media and being on the computer was like
1: <laughs>
0: you, we would get off all like yeah <laughs> good. <laughs>
1: good good this is this is this is you know this is what i try to do to to you know just to motivate inspire and help people to just see themselves
0: yeah well you're doing an amazing job at it and and i think it is very awesome that you you do talk to people and help them with you know uh like diversity and, and like you know things that have to do with like race you know what I mean and and learning and I think it's important that we learn like we should have the patience and tolerance to with another culture you know what I mean and helping them like learn if we want them to know and do better we have to take the responsibility of have show, being able to to teach or to help then yeah. the, when the door is open the window is there you yeah know what I, mean?
1: I know I know what you mean i I call it helping other people become allies because People don't really know how to do that. Now, I'll use an example of I have a client who's a Caucasian lady, and you know she came to me and she said, you know, Colin, um, I realized that I, I'm, you know, that she had her eyes closed all these years mm-hmm. because then the, the George Floyd video folks could not unsee that. Yeah, they couldn't unsee that, right? And she like all these years. I heard these things, but I didn't believe it, and now I want to I want to help. And, you know, she, she goes, how can I do that? And I said, first of all, you know, if you're going to talk to yeah because you want to go talk to black coworkers about it. And I said, don't do that, <laughs> okay? Don't, don't just go talk to your black coworkers. If you're not close to them, don't be close to them now, right? I said, because you have to – they have to understand why, why you're – talking to them. Do you just want to be able to take a picture and say I'm woke? Right? Hmm. Or do you want to be an ally? And being an ally, understand now, if you become an ally and start to champion some of these causes, you might lose some of your white friends. Okay? So be careful. Think about this. But I told her, you really have to understand why you want to help. And when you do start having conversations with your black friends, Start first with the why, tell them why. Um, Check your white guilt, okay? Cause black folks don't wanna hear that, S-H-I-T, right? But start with the why and tell them what you want to accomplish, right? Uh, Here's why I want to do this, but I want to be able to help more all my kids to see their mother or father as being more inclusive, right? Start with the why and the outcome. And people will open up. Black folk don't hate all white folk, especially white folk who want to just have a conversation. We'll have a conversation, but, you know, you're going to be, be careful because you may hear some things you don't like about your people, but get past that. Get over that. So I have a, a, a process I put my, my clients through who want to be allies to people who are being discriminated against, but they have to really have tough skin
0: yeah for sure and that's so powerful when you tell people like and they should be able to see that but you know people like you said she had her eyes shut that black people we don't hate white people and the crazy part is if you really look at the the broader the scheme of things one would possibly think that why don't you you know what I mean but we don't
1: yeah no, <laughs> not not all of them there, there's some you know I, I say I you know I have issues with individuals not with yeah. Not with exactly. um races, yeah.
0: Exactly. Yeah, but yeah, that's most definitely we, we don't and we're open for most of us open for conversation. I love when people are w- willing to say, Hey, can you teach me or I wanna grow? I'm not gonna be managed yeah. for that, at least I'm trying.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, for sure. I do. I appreciate you so. I love what you do. I would love for you to come, like, come back on if you ever can, and maybe we can have like a Q and A and have you know of your choice, whatever you know makes you comfortable. Maybe you know I don't have crazy people in my life. Well, depends what kind of crazy. (laughs) And I like exciting people. But uh, yeah, some people that would love to, you know, just you know ask questions and stuff. You know, like that are wanting to actually like have some things they want to work on or something like that. Just kind of.
1: Yeah, so so so, Brandy, you know, you know put it out there. I, I would I would be honored to come back on, and and be a guest again and and do a Q and I think that helps more people to hear certain messages. So I'm definitely um I'm open to that. And because he said it, I'm going to reach back out to you in a few weeks and ask you when are we going to do that. I also want to thank you because um you know the first meeting we had scheduled um a few weeks ago, my son was sick. Yeah, it's an interesting story. Uh, my son is like, what, 18 months old, I think, something like that. And he had a cold, right? His nose was stuffed up and for three days. And his, his mother, my wife, said, honey, we should go to the hospital. I said, "We didn't go to the hospital for that? He has a cold, right? And she didn't like that. So <laughs> about three, three days after that, he'd been sick, maybe like a week. She came to me at 10 a.m. and said, honey, if... If we take if I take the baby to the hospital, will you divorce me? I said, No, I won't divorce <laughs> you, right? I said, honey, it's a cold where I come from. We don't go to the hospital for a cold, right? You know, anyway. So we went to the hospital and all these different things, and the doctor said he has a cold, right? <laughs> <laughs> but that was what happened the next day when daddy woke up. Daddy was sick, right? So my son, in fact, all the hospital. Effectively gave me, so I was on my butt all of last two weeks ago. That first week, and then last this this past week, I was just still not in the right. I wasn't wasn't feeling better. So thank you for for your patience. I appreciate that. And then this morning, we moved us back. I, I've told you we had the Omega services for a brother who had who had passed away a few weeks ago. So um, following that, you know, it's good to be on the show just to. Talk about positive things and really appreciate life and feel life and have empathy for what his family is going through and have empathy for people of, of Asian background and empathy for people who have to go through the, the, the Derek Chauvin trial again and, re, and relive things. And the little boy, the little boy um, in, in, uh, who got shot, um, the Hispanic boy who got shot um, in Chicago, just a lot of things. So thank you for the platform. And allow me to come on and 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 share, share my thoughts, my views, and hopefully, people will hear what I'm saying and reach out to me if they want to, you know, go forward.
0: Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. And I appreciate you. And um, and I kept getting the time wrong. I was like, uh, Singapore is not the same time. <laughs> I was like, he's going to be so done with me after. Shanghai. <laughs> 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 it's all good. I'm, I'm getting it right someday. I'm getting it right. Yeah. But you know, hey, it makes you laugh so uh, a yeah. lot. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but if you can, if you can do um the listeners a favor and drop any links. I also put them in the show notes. But if you can just tell us um any links or anywhere they can go to to find you, that'd be awesome. Yeah.
1: Yes. So o l i g y e dot com. O l i g y e dot com. That's o l i g e dot com. That's my website where you see information about my coaching, my training. You'll see some videos I have on inspiration, motivation. Um, you'll see some good content there. So if you need a, a pep talk, and I've, I've learned that for today, in today's world, your pep talks can't be more than a few minutes. So if you want a little mini pep talk, uh, go to the website, oligye.com, and you'll see information there. Um, again, my name is Colin Thompson. And um, if you talk to your, your listeners now, if you uh, want co- some coaching, um, you want some motivation, some inspiration, please reach out to me and we'll get together. The, the beautiful thing now is you reach out to me today. We can be in, on a call in a few days. It's wonderful. So um, don't be shy. Reach out. Let's get some help.
0: Yes. Thank you for offering that. Thank you so much. Because like you said, some people... I, I'm seeing more people re- wanting and reaching out more. So to have that access is uh, amazing. And I'm also wanting to know if you mind if I post you, I'm going to send you my link to my website, but do you mind if I add you to my website? Absolutely. I, okay. I think
1: you have. Absolutely. I would, I would be mad if you didn't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <I> like that. <laughs> Please most- do. Okay, and I'll send you the link. I don't know if you've seen it already, from because I know it's in pod pod Mm potted. Yeah, I've been to your
1: website. I've been there.
0: Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much, everyone. This is watch this, everyone. Watch this. This is Colin Thompson. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. Watch and listen to it. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) That's (laughs) me. Hey.
0: No, really though, but I, I so appreciate you and much love to your. Your wife and to your your children and I wish you all well and thank you so much for letting me be able to hang with you and learn learn about you.
1: Thank you. It's been a pleasure.
0: Been a pleasure. All right, guys. Thank you so much, and you have a blessed evening. Thank you. Or morning probably over there. (laughs) Blessed morning. (laughs) Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye.